0: Well, I'm going to continue in a series that was begun last week. Be Christmas to the world. What a way we were just rejoicing about the Lord. Today, I speak about the Jesus that we celebrate. I'll read my text from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. Now, at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfilment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. I continue in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my saviour, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on all generations, from this time on all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers." to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. How amazing, as we were just lifting up the name of the Lord there, that Mary begins with a beautiful song coming forth from her. This young woman has found a reason to rejoice and to celebrate. This young woman bursts forth with a song to the Lord. Something is causing her to want to celebrate. Something is causing her to want to rejoice in that day. And before we go on to look further into the text, I wanted to just look at some di- dictionary definitions. Firstly, um, the Cambridge Dictionary definition of the word celebrate. This means to express admiration and approval for something or someone. And so straight away we see here, there's this excitement, this rejoicing, this joy, this desire to celebrate. Um, Note the word to express admiration, so you're not keeping silent. If you're rejoicing, you're not keeping silent. If you're celebrating, you're loud, you're um, imaginative, you are excited, and um, you just won't keep silent. Other words associated with celebrate are to think highly of. You're worthy of highest praise, we were singing. Or to hold in high esteem. Praising and applauding, honour and exalt. All of these words come up when we look at the word celebrate. Then there is the word rejoice. The definition here says to feel or show great happiness about something. Not just happiness, but great happiness. Exuberant happiness is more than just happy. So rejoice is to feel or show great happiness. The final word I wanted to talk about is glorify. The definition um, of glorify, I'll come to later why I wanted to include this word. But it means being praised to the highest degree possible. There's no higher degree to praise, to the highest degree possible. Other words again are praise, worship celebrate. So we go back round to the fact that glorify also means celebrate, but at the highest level possible. So the book of Luke is written by Luke, who commonly is known as a physician in the days um, of Jesus Christ walking on earth, or the days after Jesus' death. He's a physician, he's a non-Jew And every book in the Bible, it seems, was written by a Jew except Luke. And you could say that this book really is a book that speaks about salvation for all people. The way that Luke has written... um, probably appealed to Gentiles, the language that he used in the book. There was this definite message throughout that salvation is not just for the Jews, but salvation is for everyone. And so that's the context of how this book is written, that the gospel is for everyone. And it was laid out beautifully in Luke. Every part of the story of Jesus Christ is laid out, his birth, his life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. You find them all in the Gospel of Luke. So in this account, we have two pregnant women. One has waited a long, long time to have a child. She and her husband, described earlier in the passages, was described as advanced in years, so they weren't young. They had been waiting and waiting for a child. And here we find her pregnant, And she knows that the child within her will prepare the way for a greater one coming. The other is a young virgin who simply submits to the will of God and becomes the vessel through which the Son of God will come into the earth. So there are two dynamics here. And what is exciting is that Elizabeth declares in verse 44 that the baby in her womb leapt for joy, didn't just leap, but the baby leapt for joy. There was something more here. And so there's a reason for the joy. Is it about a promise coming? Why did the baby leap for joy? What did that baby recognise? Somehow there's a feeling that there's hope tied to this. And then look at the young Mary's reaction. She sings. People often sing when they're happy, uh, when they're jovial, when something has lifted them. They often find it in their hearts to sing. Now, Mary's song is entitled The Magnificat. That's a strange word, isn't it, to us? And it comes from um, a Latin common translation in the Middle Ages, So the scriptures were being translated into a common language for people who perhaps were not learned to understand. But that word translated magnificat actually is translated today as glorifies. So the title of the song is glorifies. That's what Mary set out to do, to glorify. And that's why I wanted to define that word earlier on. Yet this word glorify, which is praising and which is worship, is also a celebration. But what is she celebrating? What what are these two women excited about? Yes, that they're both with child, but why the celebration? Well, they're celebrating the coming birth of the Messiah, And as we gather in this season, that's the very reason we're together in December, working towards Christmas, and and that's why this series says, bring Christmas, be Christmas to the world. But they're celebrating the coming birth of the Messiah. Don't we find it remarkable that the celebrations are about what is to come? Because these babies were not yet born, yet the two women, had rejoicing, had celebration. There was hope there behind it. I find it remarkable that they were celebrating ahead of time. When you look at Mary and her life, she was a good, good girl, a Jew. She would have been taught the ways of the Jewish culture She would be taught how to worship the Lord and be a worshipper of the Lord. But she and Elizabeth would also have known of the many, many stories passed down, of the prophetic words, of the promises of God. They were waiting for the promised Messiah, the one that would come to be the saviour the one that would come to bring them out of bondage and difficulty, the one that would come to rescue them and give them back their name among the nations. So they had a promise. He hadn't yet been born. The babies hadn't yet been born, and yet they were rejoicing, yet they were excited In verse 47, Mary lifts up the Lord and she declares that her spirit rejoices in her Savior. There's a suddenness here that Mary identifies with the fact that salvation is coming to her. For she says she rejoices in the Lord, her Savior. She recognizes a need for salvation, even though she's been a good, religious, Jewish girl. Still, There will be something within her that recognises a saviour is coming. Let me rejoice in this God who has come to save me. So she lifts up the Lord and she rejoices in that excitement. And she celebrates a number of things in her song called Glorifies. She celebrates the fact that he who is mighty has done great things for her. He didn't have to. He chose to. So we don't know what those mighty things were apart from the fact that she becomes pregnant with the Son of God. But perhaps there were many things as she worshipped him and lived her good godly life that he did for her. And she's acknowledging and she's celebrating the fact that he who is mighty has done great things for her. She celebrates the fact that his name is holy that he's different to her, and somebody that she must worship because of his holiness. How excited she must have been that the holy God would see fit to choose her. She rejoices, she celebrates. I wondered to myself, if I were in that position, would I have easily submitted easily allowed myself to be in a position where society may have thrown me away because I was pregnant without being married. But she was willing. She submitted to his will, to this holy God who had decided to choose her. Can we today give reasons to celebrate like Mary has in this song? She celebrates his mercy, his compassion, his kindness toward her and toward her nation, even in the midst of being bound over the years, even in the midst of being captured, being enslaved, even in the midst of serving, uh, at that time, the Roman Empire. She's celebrating how merciful the Lord has been to her. Do we look at our own lives And do we remember the Lord's mercy in this time? Do we find reason to celebrate that the Lord has shown mercy to us in so many ways and in so many situations? Mary acknowledges the longevity of his mercy because she says that his mercy is from generation to generation. So it hasn't just been Abraham or Isaac or Jacob, but it's been from generation to generation, right up to where she is. And she's carrying another generation within her. And that mercy doesn't stop. So she celebrates that with him. Mary glorifies him for his strength and his deeds to put down the so-called mighty from their thrones. So she's also looking at how the Lord is protecting her, protecting her people. And she celebrates that it is his strength. She celebrates him or glorifies him, for he has lifted and exalted the lowly. Is that how Mary saw herself? This lowly young girl that he has chosen. And yet amidst those who felt they were mighty, he is the one lifting her. He is the one exalting her. How many times have you been in a situation where you have been the last, where you have been overshadowed, where you have been overlooked and bypassed, where you have been dismissed, where you have not been acknowledged? And then the Lord has opened a door and the Lord himself has lifted you up. Have you rejoiced at what he's done with that open door? Have you celebrated not the fact that you struggled, but have you celebrated the fact that he delivered, that he lifted you up? Mary could have looked at the situation. When I go back, what am I going to tell Joseph? When I go back, what are they going to say about me? No, instead, she rejoices. She glorifies this Lord who lifts up the lowly like herself. She glorifies him for satisfying the hungry with good things. Do we not have cause in this turbulent time this year? where many have been hungry, and we've seen, at least in this nation, hearts of men and women moving, generosity, giving, helping, rescuing. The Lord satisfies the hungry with good things, and she praises him for it. How many of us would praise him that he has supplied meals, supplied salaries, supplied things that we can rejoice in and testify to, even in these times? Mary also glorifies the Lord because he has helped Israel and again and again and what I find interesting is that she's looking at the past but she's also looking at the future. He's helped Israel before but inside of me he's about to help Israel. I am rejoicing, I'm excited She glorifies him because he remembers his own mercy toward Israel. Isn't this a powerful thing as well? The many days that we will be going about our business, the many days that we will be taking the Lord and his presence for granted. But his mercy is new every morning, the Bible says. His mercy is continuing. It never stops remembers his own mercy toward them. Do you thank him? Do you celebrate him today that he remembers his own mercy toward us? Oh, he's a good God. He's a good God. Finally, Mary glorifies the Lord because of his promise to their forefathers, so she's seen it, and to the descendants How is it that she's dancing and rejoicing for what's to come for us, for the descendants? What about us? What do you today want to lift the Lord up for? What things do you remember right now that you can begin to celebrate him for. I would celebrate him that I've been on the earth for 50-something years. I would celebrate him that the majority of that time has been serving him, and that has brought laughter to my soul, to my life. I'd celebrate him because the path that I would have been on when I was 21, before I became born again, could have taken me in places that I would not choose. But because I gave my life to him, because I entered into a relationship with him, my life has been amazing. As I stand here before you today, not without issues, not without situations, not without problems, not without pain, but yet with him, this Jesus we celebrate. So Mary's song and her rejoicing, her celebration um, was about a promise that seemed to be on its way, something that had been declared, that had begun, but not yet been fulfilled or manifested. But that promise was in her womb. And yet before she received it, before she's given birth, Before she's allowed him to enter into the world through her body, she's rejoicing. So what about our position? Isn't it better than the little um, John inside Elizabeth's womb? Isn't it better than Mary's? When John leapt for joy, he still did not know what Messiah would do in the earth. When Mary began to sing at the acknowledgement of John in, in Elizabeth's womb, and she began to accept the promise, it still hadn't manifested. But they were rejoicing. Our position is far better. Jesus has come, Jesus was born, Jesus died, and Jesus rose again. And we're after that fact. So we have much more reason to rejoice because we've taken hold of it. We've taken hold of that promise. So we can be Christmas to the world because we celebrate at Christmas time the fact that Christ was born. Christ made a decision and an agreement with the Father to leave his deity and to come down to the earth. This is the beginning of the good news that Christ came and fulfilled his purpose, which was to pay for our sins, to redeem us, to open the door of opportunity, to bring mankind back into relationship with him by going to the cross to die, to save us. It made me think that if during this time, we are people who are sharing the gospel, we're glorifying, we're celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating what he's done just by sharing. That's a celebration of his life. When I looked at this, I I looked at what the Lord had done. There was no turning back for him. Once he entered the womb of Mary, the cross was his destiny. It was a done deal. He would die and he knew so and he chose to so that we would be born again. He could not and did not turn back. We, as we celebrate his goodness and faithfulness, this is our message to the world. To be Christmas to the world simply is pointing them to the work of the cross, pointing them to his birth and his death, pointing the world to Messiah, the Anointed One. Let me share just a few other scriptures, Psalms 89 verse 16, just to show how much the Bible speaks about rejoicing, how much it speaks about celebrating. Psalm 89, verse 16, they rejoice in your name all day long. Hallelujah. They celebrate your righteousness. Even while I'm reading these psalms, think about why you will be lifted and joyous and wanting to celebrate today. Psalm 145, verse 7, they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness and Psalm 126, I love this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And indeed, I can say that the Lord has done Great things for us. We're filled with his joy. We're filled with his Holy Spirit. We're filled with his authority and his power. Hallelujah. The Lord has done great things. Let's celebrate that. Now, Some of you will be hearing and listening today and it's great that you've joined us. But you may not have received this good news as yet. You may not have received this gospel. Perhaps you are like Mary just at the beginning of her song where she declares the Lord, her Saviour, coming to the realisation that she needed a Saviour. Have you come to that realisation just by hearing the few words today? Do you realise your need for salvation? Open up your hearts today. It's simple. You can celebrate life. You can celebrate Christ. You can celebrate and rejoice in the midst of difficulty. You can carry joy and peace in this season if you open up your hearts. All you have to do is admit to your need for a saviour. The one who forgives you and frees you from all of your sins, for the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So why not in your heart today, if you're listening out there, admit you need a saviour. Then just believe that Jesus' death on the cross was for you, that he exchanged your sins for his righteousness, Remember the Psalms were lifting him up that I read about his righteousness. We were celebrating that. Think about making a commitment right now to serve Jesus Christ. You simply have to ask him to come into your life. You simply have to ask him to forgive you of your sins and become the Lord and the Saviour of your life. Why not make that difference this season and join us and be one who would celebrate? There are so many ways that you can do this. And let me just pray a prayer that you might want to repeat now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you and acknowledge that I am a sinner, but I have learned that you forgive sins I choose to believe that you died on the cross and paid the price for my sins. Therefore, I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour today. Come into my heart in Jesus' precious name. Amen.